Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 43, Preparing I'm sorry to dump the pure hearts on you, Katie said apologetically to Kevin, the leader of the Seekers living in the cave. They were getting out of control and obviously have too much time on their hands. We are all glad to help in any way we can, of course, Kevin said. He looked down at the ground. Katie put her hands on her hips. How come I get the feeling there should be a but at the end of your sentence? Kevin looked up. His lips never actually smiled. The pure hearts you sent to us are the ones that went through the trauma of seeing their friends' throats ripped out. They have not slept since they got here. Katie frowned. You think I should pull them out? It is not for me to say, Great Wolf. Look, if I need to be told I've made a mistake, I'm not perfect. I'd like to be told what you think, so let me have it. The pure hearts will not do well with us, Great Wolf. They have not seen our total numbers, and they have not been introduced to Hank, and yet they are terrified. It is too soon to introduce us to the pure hearts, especially those who survived the malice attack. Where are they? Kevin pointed inside the cave. They have cornered themselves to the very far back of the cave and have not shown themselves even to eat. I'll go get them. She entered the cave, walking slowly through the narrow opening. She changed into wolf form when it got too dark to see. Lifting her nose, she sniffed the air. Following the scent, she eventually reached the pure hearts. Her first impression of the bedraggled pure heart made her feel ashamed of herself. It was obvious they would rather starve than go out into the sunlight where the seekers were. She heard the sentries growl before recognizing her scent. They were all in animal form, ready to fight. She sat down on her haunches and gave a deep sigh. I'm sorry, she said with her thoughts. I didn't think about the trauma all of you faced with the attack of the malice. I just wanted you to see how the Seekers are working hard to teach you and keep you safe. She shook her head. Come on, I'll take you back to the compound. What evidence do you have Lizzie is a traitor? Turning back around, she faced the group. The leader here has told me that none of you have either slept or eaten since you got here. Why don't I take you back to the compound? You can sleep, eat, and shower. Then I will have a discussion with you about exactly how, when, where, and what we know. Seeing them nod in agreement, she turned back around, leading the pure hearts out of the cave. Reaching the mouth of the cave, she paused a moment. All the seekers were down on one knee, their heads bent down, their right fists centered on their heart in a Roman salute. Katie turned into human form. The pure hearts behind her followed her example. Katie stopped in front of Kevin. The reason I came here in the first place, I wanted to speak to the seekers who had the sleeping sickness. She looked around. Are they here? No, Great Wolf, Kevin said with respect. They are protecting the White Tiger's home as well as your mother's. Katie nodded. When they get off duty, can you contact me? Kevin nodded. We'll send for them immediately. 
I will look forward to seeing them again, Katie said. She glanced at the other seekers. They had not moved since she walked out of the cave. She could see the pure hearts watching them carefully. Turning back into animal form, she headed for the compound. I seem to be able to do a lot of... Katie paused, unsure how to continue. Extra things with my mind since I had the sleeping sickness. She faced the five seekers in front of her. The other seekers were directly behind, watching everything that transpired. I have tried to teach my two bodyguards, and they are unable to do anything. We were wondering if it was the sleeping sickness that made my mind stronger. She gazed at them. They were all watching her attentively. Have any of you been able to do extraordinary things with your minds? The seekers looked at each other, shaking their heads. Have you tried to do anything with your mind? The seekers again shook their heads. You know how to project? Is that where you appear to be wearing clothes? One of the seekers spoke. Katie nodded. We have just learned how to do that. Another seeker spoke up. Katie placed her hands on her hips. Zach, can you step up here and perform a blizzard in front of these guys? A blizzard started whipping around them. The cold wind and snow were blowing their hair around their faces. Their startled looks were priceless when the projection closed down. She looked at them. The traitor is very good at producing this kind of projection. She has tried to kill a pure heart by making the road look clear when there was a Mack truck barreling down to hit him. She folded her arms. I believe it's pretty important that you know how to not only produce a projection, but be able to block it so you know what is real. She produced a blizzard with her mind. She waited till the snow started settling on the ground, then closed it down. Do you see the difference? Zach's projection was all in your mind. When he closed it down, there was no evidence of what you just saw. She pointed to the snow on the ground. Mine is real. I produced an actual blizzard. The only thing different between myself and Zach? I pulled myself out of a sleeping sickness. It is because you are the great white wolf. One of the seekers spoke. Katie shook her head. No. Physically, I am no different than any of you. I think it is very important, as many people as possible, learn this new skill. She gave the five seekers in front of her a level gaze. It is vital the five of you learn how to project so we can see if your mind is now like mine. I have instructed Justin and the pure hearts he is responsible for to teach you how to project. I just wanted to come here personally to stress the importance of what you need to learn. The Seekers gave her a formal salute. She looked around. Has there been any change to the Seeker who has not woken up? Kevin stepped forward. No, we have been thinking of ending his life. None of us have the heart to kill him. He was our leader and respected by all of us. Katie nodded. I would like to remove him and bring him to the compound. She smiled at the startled glances. I would like to contain him. Maybe we can save him after he wakes up. There is nothing you can do. Our Katie doesn't believe in those particular words, Zack said with a grin. Katie gave Zack a quick glance before facing the Seekers. I was told a Seeker could not be saved. Kevin nodded. We will bring him to the compound. Katie leaned against the desk in the office. The pure hearts were watching her with various degrees of uncertainty in their eyes. 
They had rested most of the day and obviously showered and got something to eat. Zack and Cluxy were standing behind her, leaning against the wall. She folded her arms, waiting patiently for the five traders. The door opened. The five girls entered the room, followed by Tyler. Tyler, she said, laughing at the sight of him. He gave her a wide grin, bounding up to give her a hug. He twirled her around, setting her feet on the ground. He looked around the room. It looks pretty serious in here. Should I leave until after the meeting? Katie shook her head. Actually, I'm glad you're here. These pure hearts need to be told specific details of Lizzie being a traitor. She gestured towards the room. If you could tell them your story and what happened to you, I will follow with the things that happened after you left town. Tyler's face became serious. What's been happening? He said with his thoughts. She shook her head. Just tell them your story, Tyler, she said out loud. Tyler looked out over the group and told the pure hearts when he first bonded with Lizzie, the attack of Jackson, and later how Katie, Candy, and Jackson almost died. He then told them how he was hit by a car and how he feared for his life, so he left town. When he was finished, Katie stepped forward. She explained the other attacks and how they questioned how the malice knew where the older pure hearts were sleeping to attack them first. She went over the attack of the wolves and how the seekers saw her give three cents to the wolves. She explained how Lizzie had been followed by Justin and who she had met with. They overheard the conversation and the term enticers was said. She then paused for a moment and eventually told them about Nora being kidnapped. Seekers were implicated in the kidnapping and eventually she ended up telling them that Nora was safe. Nora verified what the Seekers had told her. It was Lizzie who came and took her from her home. When Katie was finished, the room remained silent. She looked out over the pure hearts, waiting patiently for them to respond. One of the traitor girls stepped forward. Lizzie has asked me to bond with her. One of the male pure hearts stepped forward. She asked me also. Zach pushed off the wall where he had been standing. Has anyone in this room bonded with Lizzie? The rest of the pure hearts shook their heads. When did she ask you? Zach asked. Today? Both pure hearts said in unison. Katie folded her arms. Have you girls stopped talking to her like you normally have? All five nodded their heads in unison. She's getting suspicious and wants to see with her own eyes what's going on, Zach said quickly. Didn't she hear you last night, yelling at us like everyone else? One of the pure hearts spoke up. Katie shook her head. I am able to block her projections and everything else. She didn't hear a thing last night. She has always been cruel with her projections, one of the girls spoke up. You know, making you run into things. She always thought it was a big joke. We never knew we could produce one of our own until we arrived here, another spoke up. It is imperative. Everyone in this room, learn how to block her projections. She thinks she can manipulate all of you, Zach nodded. You girls need to continue talking to her without giving her new information. She needs to think all is well, and she can rely on you. Until we are ready to feed her false information, she will believe it. Why weren't we told all this before? One of the pure hearts said. We had a right to know, especially since we were a target of one of the attacks. It was nearly impossible to get David to believe Lizzie was a traitor. He had asked me not to spread rumors about her to everyone else. One of the pure hearts stepped forward. 
Why is he the leader and not you? Everyone around the room nodded their heads in assent. Katie glanced at Zach, who gave her a look she couldn't read. Turning back to the pure hearts, she projected the two dreams she had had with the Indian maiden for all to see. When she closed down the projection, she turned to the room. It is imperative for our survival. David Black, who is embodied as the white tiger, to be the leader. He alone will be the only one that can lead us to victory. She raised a hand in the air. I grant you he has made mistakes and is learning from those mistakes. He is the chosen leader and must be respected for the position he holds. Tyler stepped forward. Unless any of you want to go to an early grave, I suggest you do not bond with Lizzie. She is a psychopath. Why doesn't she smell evil like the Seekers? One of the girls asked. Katie shrugged. I don't know. One of the problems in this whole stupid mess is we never actually know what's going on. We keep learning from our mistakes what we can and cannot do. She shook her head. Everything is continuously evolving into a higher level. One of the Seekers in the cave said, You killed over 70 malice. Tyler turned to Katie in surprise, raising his eyebrows. Zach, Cluxy, David, myself, and Hank, who is a seeker, were able to blow up an underground compound in Chicago. How are you able to blow it up? One of the pure hearts said in awe. Katie looked down at the ground and didn't say anything. Hank is a seeker who's on the verge of turning into a malice, Zach explained. Since he is close to turning, he can hear them talking. He learned the location of the compound. Katie went down there with Hank and cut the gas line. The room descended in quiet once again. Katie looked out over the astonished faces of pure hearts. The malice who attacked you were from Chicago. I don't believe they will attack us again. We got even, one of the pure hearts said with glee. Katie chuckled. Oh, yeah. We set their butts on fire. The whole room erupted with laughter and applause. Katie couldn't help smiling, her face turning a deep shade of red. She soon dismissed everyone in the room, waiting patiently for everyone to go. She gave a quick glance to the door, realizing no one was leaving. Looking out over the crowd, she could see the pure heart standing there, watching her closely. Do you guys want to say something else? A pure heart stepped forward. We want to be a part of things. Katie raised her eyebrows. You are a part of things. You are aware animals. On the verge of fighting a major battle in a week's time. The pure heart shook his head. You have been treating us like we're newborns. We have been to all the classes and learned everything we can. We now want to be on the front lines, helping. Katie sighed. She remembered when Justin's group wanted the same thing. She realized if she were part of this group, she would be aching to help also. The most important thing for you to learn is how to block Lizzie's projection. If you are in the battle and you see a horde of malice coming at you, you need to know which one of them is real and which one is not, so you won't get yourselves killed right off the bat. She turned the five traitors. It is imperative that you keep in contact with Lizzie so we can lead the opposite side to a battlefield of our choosing. She turned back to the other pure hearts. You show me you can block Lizzie's projection, and I will teach you the next thing you need to learn. 
Justin's group is teaching the Seekers how to block her projection. I will ask him to send some people to teach you also. Deciding it would be easier to leave than to wait for the pure hearts, she gave Tyler a quick nod to follow her, and they left the room. Where's Jackson? Tyler asked, not wasting any time. Katie gave him a quick grin. He's at the plantation house, recovering. Tyler looked sideways at her. Recovering from what? Katie shook her head, having a hard time voicing David's actions. David attacked Jackson because he was jealous of him, Zack supplied. Katie gave Zack a shut-up look. Tyler turned to Zack. What was David jealous about? Katie having sex with Jackson? Fuxy replied. Tyler stopped dead in his tracks. I thought David and Candy were together. They were. Or are? Zack scratched his head. It's really hard to keep up who's with whom anymore. I thought my mom's soap operas were entangled. He pointed toward Katie with his thumb. Her life is so interwoven, it's going to take me a week to try and explain every curve and nuance. Tyler gave Katie a look she couldn't read. She could feel her face turning a deep shade of red. We go everywhere she goes, but somewhere along the way, we miss something, Cluxy said. Zack nodded. Yeah, because Katie was blubbering all over the place, and if you look, she still has dark circles under her eyes. She avoids the plantation house like it holds the plague, Fluxy said. Zack nodded, and David has been missing in action for two days. He said he had things to do. Yeah, what's so important than being here and leading this army into a battle that is only a week away? Katie closed her eyes, picturing David in her mind. Finding that inner radar, she turned into wolf form, running in that direction. Seeing him at his parents' house mowing the lawn came as a surprise. She changed back into human form and stepped out of the woods. She didn't even look behind her, as she knew her two bodyguards and Tyler was following close behind. She could see David had seen them, but continued mowing. She sat down on the back porch, waiting for him to finish. When he was done, he put the mower away and walked cautiously towards them. David grinned at Tyler, welcoming him home. He turned to Katie, his expression tight. I'm glad you came over. We need to talk. He looked at the others apologetically, in private. This is where we miss something, Cluxy said softly to Tyler. Zack gave a humph in agreement. Katie followed David into the house, closing the door behind her. David paced the room, not giving her eye contact. I've been thinking, he said, still not looking directly at her. If maybe you can take charge of all the wear animals. Katie folded her arms and leaned against the door. She understood what David was getting at, but decided to play dumb so he would spell it out. I'm already one of the leaders. No, I mean, David paused in front of her. I think it would be best all around if you took total control of everyone. Katie nodded in understanding. A black quitting? I never thought I would see the day. I'm not quitting, David stressed. I'm just letting you take charge. He rubbed his hair in agitation. Everyone likes you better anyway. What makes you say that? Still making sure he fully explained himself. The great white loser, remember? David pointed to himself, his face turning a deep shade of red. 
Are you talking about the other night when I let loose on the pure hearts? Because if you are, the term the pure hearts used were great white losers, plural form, meaning both of us. David frowned but didn't reply. Lizzie's trader girls and the pure hearts that used to live in my house had everyone else pinning to attack the seekers in the compound during the battle of the full moon. Instead of attacking the real evil out there, she shrugged. I lost control and beat up around 60 pure hearts. David raised his eyebrows. You're kidding. Katie shook her head. They're slow and can't put up any kind of defense with their minds or body. We are going to fight a foe in a week's time. Pure hearts have been so busy thinking about attacking the seekers at the compound, they have not learned nearly enough to survive. David folded his arms, his frown deepening. Katie watched him closely. Remember when we could see a left and right-handed decision on the wall? David gave her a level look, but only nodded. I can pretty much guarantee you deciding to quit right before we go into battle. We can go and look, and there will be a big black bird where many will die. You are needed, David. Everyone needs you, especially me. I have a hard time believing my personal decisions will affect so many other lives. I have already had this argument with Jackson, and I agree with you. But we can't make these decisions just before a large battle, David. In the coming week, you have to live at the compound and do everything I do. You have to be seen, and everyone there has to think you have it all together. Because if they don't believe it, we're all lost. I don't have it together, Katie. I wish I did. But I still believe Sam would have been the better choice. Sam's not here, David. It doesn't matter if you're second choice. You are the next best thing, and that is good enough. You're not going to allow me to walk away or just be a foot soldier. Katie shook her head. You are the great white tiger. It is time you held your head up high and take on all the responsibilities and respect you inherited with the animal spirit that possesses you. David's shoulders hunched like he was carrying the weight of the world. That is not the right attitude, David. You are not alone in this ordeal. I am here, and so is Zach. We are on your right and left hand. You need to hold your head up high and be proud. You got my back, huh? David said with a grin, his old optimism returning. Yes, now go pack your stuff. You can stay in the office with me. It will only be the two of us, but it's better than anything else. We are completely maxed out in the sleeping areas. Where does Cluxy and Zach sleep? David immediately asked. They're in a small room just outside the office. You can still hear the snoring, but a closed door is better than in the same room. You're not afraid of talk about me and you sleeping in the same room. Everyone will think whatever they want anyway. I'm not worried about it. You should be. Katie felt herself turning warm. You let me worry about my tarnished reputation. You have much better things to worry about, like how we are all going to survive next week. David gave her an assessing look. You don't look as good as you normally do. Katie rolled her eyes. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're still beautiful. You look like you haven't slept, and there's something in your eyes. He shrugged, like you're very sad on the inside. Katie blinked 
trying to fight the well of tears immediately threatening her eyes. Go get your stuff, David. You really care for him a lot, don't you? David said softly. Katie shook her head. I care about a lot of people. David stepped closer. I didn't see you after you saw Candy and I kiss. He looked at her in concern. Did you cry like you did with me at the waterfall? Katie didn't say anything, folding her arms, trying to protect the hurt inside of her. I don't know. Ask Jackson. He's the one that found me at my waterfall. I'm sorry, Katie. David said gently, stepping closer, resting his forehead against hers. I'm so sorry for causing you pain. Katie closed her eyes for a moment, liking the feel of his closeness. She backed away. David, I can't. Shaking her head, tears started streaming down her face. I can't keep turning my emotions on and off where you are concerned. We have to maintain a friendship to work together. I can't handle any more damage to my heart. David gave her a searching look, nodding. There's going to be a time when all this mess is over with. I would like to pursue our opportunities then. Katie hugged herself even tighter, remembering those were close to the same words Jackson had told her. There is still candy. She couldn't help mentioning David's face clouded. She made her decision. Funny, Katie said with a tight smile. I believe that is exactly what you told me when I saw you kissing her. David looked a little ashamed before turning to get his things. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.